The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's nice to have you back this week. I want to invite you to take a peek at my social media pages and connect with me there if you are wanting to stay in touch on a daily basis. You can find out more at Simran Singh 1111 or 1111 Magazine. And you can always find amazing archives and interviews here, as well as brand new issues of 1111 Magazine each week. I wanted to let you know what's going on with me before we dive into my wonderful guest, who is a uh, author of a multiple books and always something wonderful and uh, something that allows you to deepen a little bit more. So we will dive right in. William Blake says, to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. We are talking about enlightenment now, today. Liberation is Your True Nature by Jason Gregory. There is this endless search for enlightenment, this far-reaching view of moving towards something to attain something that is beyond us, outside of us, way off in the universe, or through the hand of someone else. And perhaps that is the biggest misconception of all. My guest today is Jason Gregory. He is an author, philosopher, and teacher specializing in Eastern and Western philosophy, comparative religion, psychology, cognitive science, metaphysics, and ancient cultures. He is the author of Enlightenment Now, and I've also had him on in the past. You can search the archives for his other book, The The Science and Practice of Humility. That was also featured in 1111 Magazine. And he's got an upcoming book that is coming out uh, in June of 2017 called Fasting the Mind. Today we are talking about enlightenment now because that's where we all need to get on the same page with. Jason has lived in India studying the Hindu schools of Vedanta and classical yoga and the Buddhist schools as well. While living in Nepal, he studied the Tibetan Buddhism and he has lived all over the world. His focus and benefits of Eastern wisdom in the modern world and how it can transform our lives to live more optimally and peacefully. He travels the world lecturing about the East, its science of mind, and the methods and practices that define the East and how its philosophy is a cure not only for the individual's mind, but also for the cultural, social, and religious problems in the world. Welcome, Jason, back to 1111 Talk Radio. It's great to have you on. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back on, Simran. I always, I always enjoy our conversations. <laughs> we always have wonderful conversations, and I love talking to individuals that like to go into the deep part of the topics and also uh, can kind of splash a cold bucket of water sometimes on the faces <laughs> of those of us that sometimes need it when it comes <laughs> to um, 
to buying into our own belief systems, however new age and spiritual we might think they are. And Mm. that's one big piece of this particular book. It really does allow people to understand that we can fall into the same trap in spirituality and new ageism as we do in every other aspect of the world if we're not willing to do the work and truly see what's going on. Most importantly, that enlightenment is right here, right now within us. So I want to talk a little bit about how this all happened. How did we begin buying into this whole idea uh, that we have to go somewhere to become enlightened? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, there's, I guess there's many, many reasons, but you know, our mind is kind of geared to always seeking goals and striving to attain certain things in our life. And I mentioned in the book, um, certain things, um, for example, I mentioned the monarchical view of the universe. So the monarchical view of the universe is basically the idea that um, we are separate from nature, we are separate from God. So God is, becomes this um, hierarchical or monarchical figure that we are supposed to succumb to and which we, we begin to divorce from. So then we have this, this disconnect between us and the universe. So you know, once we have a disconnect between us and the universe and everything around us, we're isolated, we feel separate. So then we, we, from that place, we initially think that we have to, you know, strive to merge with God or, you know, this, this ends up being superimposed onto ideas of enlightenment and other things like this. So as a result, we get this very, um, this linear view of reality as opposed to a non-linear view. So we start to think in terms of, you know, we've got to go on a journey to get somewhere instead of realizing, you know, we are already home where we are right now. So as we see, as we look out to nature, Simran, you know, uh, most uh, natural systems are non-linear. And when we start to understand that, we, we need to appreciate that human beings are also a part of nature and the way that we think cognitively is also in a nonlinear sort of cyclical manner as opposed to um, a linear system, even though that you know, we've been educated to think in, in linear terms. So, again, this, this then goes on to enlightenment. This goes on to ideas of um, religious ideas of God, for example. And then we have kind of a, a dichotomy where, you know, where, where we are – dictated to by some sort of tyrannical uh, tyrannical god for example or we we don't feel that we are good enough to have to to innately have enlightenment so we think that we need to go here and there and everywhere to to become enlightened um if that sort of answers your question no, no, so I went yeah i want to i want to touch on two things because you use the word education and and also the linear way of thinking and time is so much a part of that we get caught up in this this thing called time. So we naturally, and our minds naturally, think of past and future. They think of, of where I've got to go. They think of, of what has already happened and what happened to me. And so is that part of the mononiacal um, underpinnings that are really keeping us in that cycle of constantly wanting more or moving towards something rather than being in the now? Definitely. That, that's a good point. And you know it is difficult to get out of the to get out of that habit of always looking into the future or um, looking into the the rearview mirror into the past. You know we all do that at certain times to certain to a certain degree. Um, and 
I'm not going to say that that's totally bad because obviously you you need to have you know your own psychological faculties are, are geared that way because that allows you to navigate through the world um, efficiently. But we lose sight that you know the present moment is where you know even when you are contemplating about the past or thinking about the future, it's all done in the present moment, and then we lose sight of that present moment, and then. We develop ideas, um, as as with what you said, like with the monarchical view of the universe. We we develop these ideas of um, the, the separation from the universe and and so forth and so on. And you know, when you think about, it, I remember Alan Watts once said that, you know, he said beautifully that, you know, the problem, um, no, the benefit of living in the in the present moment is that. Um, those people who live in the present moment are, are the only ones that who can appreciate the future when it comes around because most of the time when we're not present, we're, ov- we're obviously thinking about the past or the future and then when that comes around, we, we're not even present in that moment because we're already thinking about the, the next um, future situation or, or event that we, we want to get to or arrive at. So it's only those people who can um, be present and, and I mean, being radically present too, being being present in conversations with people, being fully engaged in life, um, fully alive and engaged in life. And they're, they're the main people who can really appreciate the future and, and probably who can learn a lot, of, a lot more lessons from the past. You, you talk in the book a little bit about suffering and how that too uh, has become a way that we've kind of been um, ingrained as to another part of the monarchical way of thinking. And yet Buddhism says life is suffering. And so is that part of that hierarchical way of thinking that we have just kind of come to believe because we believe in this punishing God or we believe that everything that we do has consequences or we believe that whatever we step out onto, there's going to be some type of, of, of cause and effect reaction that's going to bring back our karma or, or any kind of way that we want to frame it. How do you align suffering with this pure awareness view of enlightenment now? Mm. That's a that's a yeah, that's a good question. And and yeah, exactly like with what you said, when when people when we are, you know, we all are in some way indoctrinated with that kind of with that monarchical view where a lot of people do think of God as as an all punishing God instead of kind of the eastern some of the eastern ideas of um, you belonging to God or you're an aspect of God, um, and and those sort of ideas where we have this punishing idea that that gets a, again superimposed over onto karma, and I'm not saying that 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 karma is not like that, but. You know, we need to remember karma itself is just our actions, and you know, our actions will always, we will always, you know, reap the the rewards or the or or the punishment, or if you want to look at it as a suffering from our actions. But um, I believe, and and you know, th- there is some consistent thought with this in in some Hindu traditions as well that there is no such thing really as good or bad karma, um, in the sense that. You know, if karma is just action, you you need to what you need to do is purify your actions, and then if you purify your actions, then you won't um, go through the suffering, especially that Buddhism is talking about, and so forth and so on. So, um, 
yeah, I, I know, and, and this is the thing with with the monarchical view. So many, so many traditions have been, I think, influenced heavily by the monarchical view as well. I, I actually, when when you look at older texts and this and that, karma itself is not kind of. I know, I know karma is cause and effect as well because you know obviously each action has an equal and opposite reaction, but. Um, that doesn't. You don't need to look at that in the sense of you know you are being punished um, for your sins, for example. You know because you know in Christianity they have this false idea that you're punished for your sins. When if we look at how the world really is, we're really punished by our sins. So it's 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 our own. Um, how could I say it's it's our own inner inner world that we haven't dealt with that we're constantly. Um, dealing with in this world uh, exactly and and so and if we are and and i i believe we are all divine aspects then anything that would be quote-unquote punishment or karma it's really the the reflection of our own uh self back to us so if we believe in a punishing god we are that very punishing entity that is going to to bring back the repercussions of what we ourselves are feeling guilty about or judgmental about or shameful about or any of the areas, particularly if we have not done the self-work to deal with. And and I think that's that's kind of what you're saying as well. And it does go in line with then the principle of cause and effect because because whether it is the conscious cause and effect paradigm or whether it is that which lay in the subconscious, um, it really is the natural order self-organizing and balancing out correct yeah yeah excellent yeah it's perfect that, i couldn't have said it better simran well thanks that's why it's good to have conversations because <laughs> we could but, just but, have wonderful yes yeah but but like but like with what you said with you know and I, I think a lot of people um you mentioned suffering especially in relation to buddhism and how buddha taught all life is suffering but I think that what people need to realize, especially with Buddhism, is that all life is suffering from a certain level, too, of existence. You know, when we are, um, when we are our firm, when we are a firm personality in this world, and we don't know how to, um, you know, loosen the grip on ourselves and so forth and so on, then we suffer consistently because, you know, we we are have we have completely identified with Jason and Simran, and we can't see. Um, beneath that and we can't see how you know Jason and Simran themselves have their own silly idiosyncrasies and so forth and so on but um, you know Buddha um, the historical Buddha actually taught that you know in his Four Noble Truths and in the Eightfold Path that even though from that perspective all life is suffering there's still a way out of that you know if, if you are dedicated to the inner self work and so forth and so on so it doesn't I know a lot of people do see Buddhism that way and, and might think of Buddhism maybe in a sense that it's um, fatalistic because they a lot of people do think that it's, you know, it's all centered on all life is suffering. But as you probably know, Simon, if you've been around Buddhists or you've been involved with the Buddhist teachings, it's more so about joy. It's more so about liberation than anything else. So um, Yes, you have a you have a couple of wonderful lines in your book. Our chronic suffering in life is the outcome of suppressing the critical thinking and artistic calling that lie dormant within our mind. Disease of the psyche can only exist in this world when people have lost the ability to feel real joy. 
And I mean real joy, not the so-called joy people feel at the expense of others. And that part about the artistic calling and the critical thinking and suppressing those parts of our nature are the cause of so much disease in any type of suffering, whether it is the depression or whether it is illness in the body, because we are naturally creative entities. We come from a source that is creative capacity. And so is part of the suffering of life really the lack of our ownership of this divine aspect that we all encompass? Yeah, beautiful. That, that's beautifully said. It, it is true because, you know, we're all, we all have that creative instinct within us. And, and we, we, the way that the world is, has developed at the moment, the social world and the way, you know, education is and so forth and so on, it's all designed um, not to embrace that creative aspect. It's designed to upkeep a, a social system just to keep the, the wheels in motion, basically basically and you know there's only you know in in this day and age it's only those who are radical enough to go against that sort of status quo and embrace that creative aspect that that's where you begin to feel that that very light feeling that um that liberating feeling because you're actually letting that come out of yourself in whatever manner that may be and i feel that you know that's just, just like with cultivating intelligence, I think harnessing create creativity, these two aspects are, are two core components that we have to really come back in alignment with in, in humanity because a lot of people are sort of thinking that, you know, intelligence is bound to education and creativity is bound to artists. But that's not true. If you just step outside of that and you actually – if you start to actually become attracted to learning, become attracted to creating things, then your whole life has a certain – um, resonant flow with it, and you'll and you'll see that in your own life. William Walker Atkinson, writing under the pseudonym Yogi Ramasharaka, in the classic lessons of Nana Yoga, states: "The intellect experiences a similar difficulty when it tries to think of an eternal, uh, that which is above and outside of time. We see time in operation everywhere and take it for granted that time is a reality, an actual thing." But this is a mistake of the senses. There is no such thing as time in reality. Time exists solely in our minds. It is merely a form of perception by which we express our consciousness of the change of things. This is from Jason Gregory's book, Enlightenment Now. Liberation is your true nature. I invite you to explore his website, jasongregory.org. Check out his books uh, that are Enlightenment Now, The Science and Practice of Humility, and his new upcoming book, Fasting the Mind. Once again, that's jasongregory.org. We'll be right back after these messages. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444, 
people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized. So you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doings. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today visionofoneness.com Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Definitely check out Vision of Oneness. This is a group of individuals. We are at 50,000 individuals now that have 
decided to take care of their own health and through self-care, nutritional cleansing, they are actually empowering other individuals to step out into the world and do the work that they want to do as artists, creators, and visionaries. And so if you are looking for a way to take care of yourself as well as create prosperity for yourself and others, then I invite you to look at visionofoneness.com. There is a brand new launch that is taking place in the UK as we are opening up that country next. So if you are interested, definitely fill out the information there and someone will be in touch with you. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and he is the author of multiple books. Today we are talking about his second book, Enlightenment Now, Liberation is Your True Nature. This is from that book. The most important mystery that we encounter on our endeavor to be free in this life is that what we seek, we already possess. This statement not only goes beyond the psychological parameters of what we believe freedom to be in this life, but it also destroys the concept of how we commonly associate freedom with social success and financial security. Success and security in the socially accepted sense are arbitrary terms, implying that you do not belong in this world and that somehow to belong you need to be accepted by standing on the shoulders of others who you falsely believe threaten your security. If your psychological center of gravity were corrected so that you understood you existing in this world is itself a miracle and thus already successful beyond words, then the magic and beauty of our world would unfold purely because the success we were seeking we already intrinsically owned. This is from Jason Gregory's book, Enlightenment Now, and you can find out more about him at jasongregory.org. Definitely do check out his YouTube videos as well. They're quite wonderful. Welcome back, Jason. That's a pretty powerful statement uh, right there, and it was in your introduction of the book. Because it really is about that. It's, it's believing so intrinsically and understanding so knowingly that we are all capable and, and have everything that we need within us and that we're already successful and that we are already all that is. But to be that, to have that, to, to believe in that way for so many individuals is such a stretch from where they are in their dramas of life or their illusions that seem to surround them what is the step towards that place of really getting that we are that success we are that freedom we are that enlightenment yeah it's a good question I, I, it's it comes back to we i feel that it's it's not it's not an easy process because you know we have to think about the world in a different way because when you start to understand that you know, we are already we already have all of these intrinsic values. We have we are we are we are already intrinsically enlightened beneath our um, personality. When you when you start to come into understand these things, then you have to um, look at the world a different way, and you have to act in a sense a, a different way to the world. Because you know, I, I know I know what you're saying, Simon. Because most people are. You know, caught up in their daily dramas, as you know, as we all are. You know, we all have bills to pay. We all have um, children to take care of, or um, a significant other that we need to take care of. And there's a, there's a lot of things that we need to do that sort of sometimes pull us into the the, the play of life. And um, I, I guess you know the big problem is because because people think that success and you know 
financial freedom and all of that is in the future and, and you know we need to strive hard to get there we you know we need to climb the ladder the corporate ladder to to get there this this kind of attitude is with everything in life so yeah in in my book it, i i'm i'm always advocating that liberation is already your true nature so you, don't, you actually even though it, it may be good to you know to rise um a certain ladder whatever it is uh say if you're an athlete to get to get it to excel and cultivate skill and reach peak performance these are all great things but you need to also realize that there's something you know beyond that there's something much deeper than that and if you understand that if you come into resonance with the idea that you're you already have everything you need in this life and if you do attain these certain goals that you have that's that's great and that that's awesome but if you if you don't then it's not the end of the world and that's one of the big things that we need to understand a lot of people invest their whole life into something and even when they 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 keep getting brutally knocked to the ground and they're not taking the hint um you know we start to suffer so I would say the first step to get out of that is to realize that you have everything already, but you need to really believe that you have everything you already need. And you you can strive to do whatever you want in this world, but you also, you don't have to strive. It's, it's, it's your choice. And you need to realize that your happiness is not at the end of, is not at the end of a striving process. Your, your real happiness is at the end of, end of, the cessation of striving itself. So, you know, obviously to, to get to that point, we have to start to develop certain practices to get us into that mindset. Now, you know, even traditional meditation can, can take you there. What I mean by traditional meditation is just in a seating posture, um, watching your breath very similar to Vipassana. And, and that practice, if you implement, say, 30 minutes a day every morning, if you do that for you know, just do it, for, do it for one month and see how you feel after one month and you will have a, a different feel of the world, you, know, you could say, a different feel because you're getting out of the idea that, you know, meditation itself is not about getting anything. All you're doing is, is you're, you're just shutting off. That's all you're doing. You're, you're, you are ceasing being Simran or, or Jason for a brief moment of time. And that's all isn't that part of the isn't that part of the problem, Jason? Is there's there's been purported this idea of what enlightenment is that it or that meditation is. There there are these concepts of um, there's going to be this experience or there's going to be this awakening or there's going to be some cosmic happening that all of a sudden you're just going to wake up one day and be enlightened. Is that part of the problem that is keeping people running? Whether it is after various types of initiations or learning every kind of practice, when it really is as simple as you said, it's as simple as sitting down and breathing for an extended period of time to where you let go of the identity and who you are so that something bigger can be realized. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, Simran. And yeah, well, you know, if, again, like with the striving process, that's been superimpose onto enlightenment so what we do is we continually postpone our enlightenment because we th- we think that you know if i do this extra retreat it's going to be great if i do this extra thing um if i learn this new um yoga method yoga method that'll be wonderful you know 
And then we just we ended up we end up jumping through hoops and then never actually arriving where we already are. So, and, and this is this is um, yeah. When people think of, for example, when people think of samadhi in the, the Sanskrit term samadhi, people think that it's some sort of glamorous event that we're we're going to meditate for so long and then we're going to achieve this. We're going to have this connected bliss with the universe and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this. this these are all great ideas, and and it's and it's true, you know. Deep down, we're, we are connected with the universe, but we still do go through periods of you know um, suffering and 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 sadness and grief. But it, what what traditional meditation, or or I say in the book, real meditation will do, is it'll allow you to have more of that sense of connection, even in those in those times of sadness, grief. Um, any, any of those moments, you'll still have a sense of unity with with life, but you, but you still have this personal feeling that you have. So, you know, in a lot of the, it's it's easy to, as as we've we've discovered since the counterculture movement in the '60s, it's easy for Westerners, especially, to over sensationalize Eastern philosophy. So when we started to understand enlightenment, when we started to understand. Um, you know, altered states of consciousness. Then we started to superimpose all of these glamorous um, Hollywood depictions upon them, and and that's not, I, I guess, not really anybody's fault. It's just a lack of understanding of how things are, and and it was kind of naive in the beginning. But now, when we go, we're in 2017 now, so that's a long time since the 60s, and there's been a lot of literature behind us and a lot of people have practiced meditation now for a long periods of time in the West, especially. And, and people know that things like, you know, states of Samadhi and that aren't really um, things where you'll be um, tripping out in trance or anything like that, but it'll be a deep sense of um, connectedness with, with the world and, and with each other. You'll be able to feel, feel more from the heart instead of the, instead of the mind and and i think that this is what we need in the world actually we don't need people in trance in the world you know we've had that before we need people to be more connected with each other from the heart instead of the head <clears throat> and, and and accept and respect each other more from that from that state as well yeah we we came here to be human let's let's be human <laughs> we came here to try that costume on so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. i i have i have discovered just through my own personal experiences uh, in, in that have really led to some some deep inner work and and embracing of so much emotion and it's led to 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 that stillness practice that real enlightenment for me is embracing life as it is whatever it is bringing and and understanding that it is our mastery and the ebb and flow of what could be called suffering or could be called joy or could be called anything in between, but it's really being able to be in this sea of consciousness without having to judge it or change it or fix it. What has been your experience of, of enlightenment or awareness or pure awareness um, as you have continued your own practices? Well, I feel as much the same as yours, Simran, because I couldn't have said it better. It, the... the just living my life and the experiences I have, the people I meet, and and the ever deepening awareness that that is has been my experience is um, 
I, I, there's no, not really any words that I can describe it. It's just a, a feeling of peace with life, a feeling of um, in connection uh, or in alignment with with something much greater than myself that I'm a part of. And even in the, the, the terrible times upon self-reflection, I, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you do get engaged, <clears throat> you do get caught, you know, um, with, with the, the, um, the trials and tribulations of life, but you, you snap out of it pretty quick and, and you, and I can see that upon self-reflection that all of these things are meant to happen and, and actually allow you to grow and, and allow you to become a better human being. So I think that as I mentioned in the book, as you know, like with the, um, a lot of people who practice spirituality now, they think it's about not being human. And, you know, the deepest spiritual practice is to be completely human. And, and that's not meaning that you, you just be crazy. It means that you're not at odds with your humanity anymore. I, I love that saying. I heard that from, I think it was Joseph Campbell. You're not at odds with your humanity anymore. It means you've accepted yourself for for who and what you are, but in that acceptance, you have a <clears throat> you have a deepening process uh, of your own your own mind, your own <clears throat> way of dealing with the world, and and that refines over time, and you get more skillful at life. You know, you you don't you don't remain the same. So, for me, um, that's kind of been my experience. It's just it's an ever deepening process, and you know, <clears throat> I think if you look if you in psychology, they say if you look back, if you're a 60-year-old man or woman and if you look back at your 18-year-old self and not much has changed between <clears throat> then and there, then, I, then there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, <clears throat> mental problems. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, no problem. My guest today is Jason Gregory and we are talking about enlightenment now. Within his book, he talks about tantric Buddhism sharing some of the basic philosophy and underpinnings of Zen from the 10th century tantric work of Saraha. If it, the truth, is already manifest, what's the use of meditation? And if it is hidden, one is just measuring darkness. Mantras and tantras, meditation and concentration, they're all a cause of self-deception. Do not defile in contemplation thought that is pure in its own nature, but abide in the bliss of yourself and cease those torments. Whatever you see, that is it in front, behind, in all ten directions. Even today, let your master make an end of delusion. The nature of the sky is originally clear, but by gazing and gazing, the sight becomes obscured. This again is from his second book, Enlightenment Now, Liberation is Your True Nature. In this book, you're going to build on the knowledge from spiritual traditions, including Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism. Gregory expresses the timeless and ever-present nature of enlightenment. If you are ordering that one, you might as well pick up his other two. The Science and Practice of Humility, The Path of Ultimate Freedom, talks about how people are driven by fear, how the human mind creates the ego. In its greedy and arrogant quest to protect the self and its desires, the ego forges the illusion of separation, weaving complex patterns of reality that shield us from our unity. And then you can order also his upcoming book, Fasting the Mind, which releases this June. And 
And it is about you stopping the planning, stopping comparing, stop competing, stop thinking, and just breathe deeply for a minute. Our undivided attention is something we are rarely able to give for reasons ranging from digital overload to the cultural conditioning of equating busyness with purpose. You can find out more at jasongregory.org. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111. 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized. So you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doings. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I'm Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox, lose unhealthy weight, and build strength. 
It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. If you're not familiar with 1111 on audio, then maybe it's time for you to grow on the go. I've created 1111 Magazine on audio now so that you can take it in bite-sized pieces and listen whether you are working, playing, or traveling. You can find out more at 1111mag.com or imsimran.com. It also includes an additional component of life coaching. For just $11 a month, you can start to grow and spread your wings and learn all of the different teachers, practices, and patterns and pathways that are existing in the world today so that you can explore your next best direction. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and you can find out all about him at jasongregory.org. He has books and films and YouTube videos and wonderful articles and is always deepening in a really beautifully sequential way his writings. And so you can find out about the three books that he currently has out They are The Science and Practice of Humility, The Path to Ultimate Freedom, the book we're talking about now, Enlightenment Now, Liberation is Your True Nature, and the one that is coming out next month, Fasting the Mind, Spiritual Exercises for Psychic Detox. Definitely check it out at jasongregory.org from his book, Enlightenment Now. For the fully enlightened, totally liberated person, samsara and nirvana, time and eternity, the phenomenal and the real are essentially one. His whole life is an unsleeping and one-pointed contemplation of the Godhead in and through the things, lives, minds, and events of the world becoming. There is hence no mutation of the soul, no atrophy of any of its powers and capacities. Rather, there is a general enhancement and intensification of consciousness, and at the same time, an extension and transfiguration. For the human experience of enlightenment and an absorption in the eternal now, One needs the realm of time, but is not dependent on the distractive aspects of time and limitations they tend to evoke in our mind. To a master, the temporal order of the universe is the crest of a wave that belongs to an eternal ocean. I love that section. That's really beautifully written. I want to talk a little bit about the traps that we sometimes fall into. And and oftentimes when we are on a search to grow it's easy to become what you call a fast food spiritual junkie. It's easy to go from one thing to the next thing in search of this perfection of this event that we think is enlightenment that's going to happen at some point. But the truth is we can't make enlightenment happen. It's not going to be something that's all of a sudden if we um, do enough chanting or do enough meditating or we go have enough crystal sessions it's not like one of these switches is just all of a sudden going to turn enlightenment on 
talk about the the challenge to us when we allow ourselves to move into that lane of fast food junkie or move into that lane of constant distraction, how does that actually keep us from recognizing our true beauty, which is imperfection? Well, the first of all, the fast food spiritual, spiritual junkie I speak about in the, in the book for, for the listeners is, is basically um, the result of our, our get-it-now culture. So um, our get-it-now culture, meaning that you know we're, we're kind of used to getting things on demand now. So hence fast food spiritual junkie. So people, when people think about spirituality, a lot of people think that they want enlightenment or they want spiritual awakening right now, um, like, like they get a McDonald's burger. But it's 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 not that easy. It's um, though you and I have been speaking about enlightenment now for for this hour. Um, that doesn't mean that you, you can just say you're enlightened and you get it now. So um, a lot of the traps when people start to think, because obviously because people do start to think that way, they start to think that well, I am enlightened now because I've had like what you said, I've had enough crystal sessions or I've. Um, I've done my 108 bowels, Tibetan bowels, you know, 1,000 times or something like this. And people think that that's, that's enough to, you know, that's granted them enlightenment. And, and again, that's an incorrect way of even looking at enlightenment. But the, the traps after that, you know, especially if, if we look into psychology, is that um, there's, there's, a, there's a term called um, spiritual bypassing. And that was coined by a psychologist back in the 80s, John Wellwood. And basically spiritual bypassing is the idea that, you know, we use spiritual practices, especially non-dual practices um, such as um, self-inquiry to, to avoid dealing with our psychological pain or our, you know, our latent pain on the, on the, personal, um, on the personal level. And so... What that does is that um, continues to suppress that pain, especially when we're practicing um, certain spiritual practices and, and meditative practices and also um, social practices that continue to you know, suppress the, the personal trying to reach the spiritual. Now, some of the, the, the great work that's been done in psychology has connected, especially psychology and Buddhism, dealing with this, this phenomenon because, you know, Buddhism, for example, will deal with the spiritual aspect because it does entail a lot of um, meditation. It doesn't entail a lot of, you know, watching your words, watching the way that you act in the world, being mindful of others and yourself. But uh, and, and, and also Buddhism is one of the Eastern traditions that, that does – stem closely to psychology but psychology what western psychology has done is it's kind of given the eastern framework this idea that look to deal with the personal level we, we um, it actually enhances the spiritual level so for myself for example if i have problems with anger or or if i have problems with um self-doubt and these certain things then sitting on the meditation cushion and trying to deal with them is not really going to deal with them. You have to kind of engage with them. You have to understand them. You have to inquire into, you know, maybe what gave them birth and so forth and so on. So to bring it around to back to what you were, were, were asking is that 
the traps are mainly that we do avoid our, our own personal pain and that leads to what Ken Wilber once said, jokingly said, it leads to um, spiritual dickheads. So basically that people that who think they're spiritual but if, if you step on their foot, they, they bark like a or, or they growl like a vicious wolf mm. and that that's the evidence that they haven't actually done any deep psychological work, which I, I think is actually imper- is is imperative if we are to evolve spiritually. So um, that's part of the that's probably the the key point um, when we are consumed in fast food. If we are involved in fast fast food spiritual junkies. You have a series of, of wonderful videos that you put on YouTube, and um, there was one that I watched where you talk about individuals that can be too pious or too perfect or always watching their words or always. And and whenever someone is going to, to be that strict about how they behave, that too can be a mask, don't you think? I think that's it, what you say on the, that's what you yeah. talk about on the video. Talk a yep. little bit about how how it really is okay to be human, um, and 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 how we can we really need to drop all the masks that that masks can show up um, in in both what both ends of the polarity. Yeah, exactly. That, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Simran. And, and it is a paradox because if you're too if you're overly pious, then um, the video you're referring to is to stink of Zen because in 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 Zen, they they have, they have that phrase like you, you stink sort of too much of Zen, meaning that you're you're trying to be too perfect and you you allow no room for error and you're how could we say too too uh, it's it's too fake almost in the end um, because you're you're just pretending to be this persona and you, you all of your words are so perfect that you know a Zen master would just think you know just relax a little bit you know this is the difference between. Um, if we look at Chinese philosophers, this is the difference between Lao Tzu and Confucius, where Lao Tzu would advocate for for you and I to be very spontaneous and and embracing life, and you know, mistakes do happen, and and these and and mistakes are great, you know, that's from his perspective, and then Confucius is very careful and he watches things too much, and then that leads to a sense of arrogance and and also fakeness, so. You don't want to stink of Zen. You don't want to get to the stage where you um, are trying to be too pious. And 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 once you, you know, a lot of people who try to be too pious, they're often comparing themselves to other people, and that leads to cynicism, which is obviously not a virtuous thing to have. And you know, this this happens a lot with people, especially in spirituality. And this is the polarity with what we were just talking about, because if you're trying to be too prim and proper, too perfect, then, you know, a lot of people can, that's why I call it the stink of Zen, because you can, you, you gain a sense that these people are, uh, are not truly themselves. And sometimes it'd be, as you said, Simran, to be truly ourself is, is to be human and to, to make mistakes, to have a laugh about it and, and, and to move on. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and he is a teacher and international speaker specializing in Eastern and Western philosophy, comparative religion, metaphysics, and ancient cultures. He's the author of The Science and Practice of Humility and Enlightenment Now, and the upcoming uh, book as well that is coming out in June. 
that is, oh, I missed the name of that one. Tell me again, Jason Gregory, announce it. Fasting the Mind. Fasting the Mind, there we go. <laughs> um, see, I already went there. I slipped my mind. <laughs> he divides his time between Asia and Australia, and I invite you to check out his website, jasongregory.org. Definitely look him up, see all that he's doing, and pick up his books. My guests next week are Chitan Parkin and Carola Eastwood, and we will be talking human design. So I hope you'll join me in love, of love, with love, and as love. I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.